just a bunch of witty banter. Good guy, Papa. Hunter, I like how you like you you started the show right there. I didn't even you bamboozled it. Did you see that? What do you mean? You were like, you ready to go? And then we just started. That was nice. Yeah, we What's up, down, guys? Man. Let's go. Witty banter, episode number 49, one away from the big 5-0. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams, to my right. He hates it. He hates it so, so bad. bad. It's Hunter Dorset. <laughs> How's it going? And to the left is the always thorough Forrest Collada. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Forrest. Thanks it's for having me back. Yeah, it's been a been good a bit. I like having you on the show, I like as always. Was it the fourth time? Fourth or fifth? No, I, th- I want to say five. I've he's lost a regular, track. Man. Oh, he's, he's a regular. regular. He's like he's definitely one of the Z crew. He's a linchpin. He knows this because <laughs> like I was trying to set up other guests all day today, yeah. and everyone kept backing off. And then I was like, you know what? You know who will be on this show? We we'll rely on this. Yo, Forrest, you want to be on it? He's like, I think I can. Yeah, I can. That was it. <laughs> I think I can. You I guys think have I, me yes, on. <laughs> you have me on permanent retainer. So yeah, <laughs> That's good permanent stuff. retainer. I like That's it. a band name. <laughs> uh, Woody Banter reviews beers every episode. The beer today is from Witchwood Brewery, and that's spelled W-Y-C-H, Witchwood Brewery, and it's called The Hop Goblin. The Hop Goblin. And it's an imported dark English ale. Dude, Hop Goblin's got to be the most English name I've ever heard. Uh, More so than Scrimshaw? Scrimshaw was just odd. I, I feel like Scrimshaw is just something I would say like at sea. I, yeah, it's because it's whale boning. See, oh, okay. well, there you go. I associate now whaling more with Nantucket than anything. <laughs> because you've been reading. Because of Moby Dick, man. Oh, yeah? It's the only thing I have to go off of whales. I wish I could make a witty uh, reference of Moby Dick, but I can't. Instead, <laughs> we could probably focus on the beer. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Who cares? Okay, so this is a dark English ale. What is the ABV, man? Have you been Not find coming it? up for me. I've been looking for it for the last, like, like 30 seconds, and I can't find it. This is ridiculous. Which what? is, like, my least favorite thing in the world. You've already started at a B. That, that does, that's a bummer. Anyways. Okay, so it's imported from England. Uh, it's a dark ale. It just looks like a normal ale to me. It's based, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like an amber, basically. It's dark brown. English ale. Uh, it's fairly filtered. Yeah, you can actually see through it a little bit. Has anybody taken sips? I did. I took a sip. What is the uh, first sip impression? I There's a strong hint of ca- like caramel to this beer. Totally. Mm, really? That's the first thing I, I smelled. Yeah. I was excited that I like actually had something relevant to say other than like I like it. And you, you didn't have to just make it up. Yeah. Just like you thought everybody was making up other flavors. <laughs> These things exist, damn it. Even if they didn't put in caramel, it's okay to say that you get a caramel from it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the association. I right. Think. I mean, it's it's the malt that's doing it. You got to be able to express Boom. yourself via words. There Fucking you go. Yeah. Beer vocab. I like this guy. <laughs> Raising them good. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming under along. our wing. I'm if, coming if you along. Will. I know you sure are <laughs> coming along the journey. My journey's been good. I like this one. This is cool. So far, it's drinkable. That caramel. That it's just super malty. It's got a fantastic malt base. It's like a pub ale. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty standard ale taste. You know, mm. uh, as far as the darkness, if that is something in complexity that we're gonna find later, maybe. But right now. It's got a thick, like robust mouthfeel, I guess. You know, like the flavor fills your mouth up, right? Like it's a simple flavor, but it's big. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost dared to say that it's a misnomer to say dark English ale. Like I, I don't, when I think of dark, I guess I, I think of more like spices and stuff. And I think this has spices, but they don't, 
they don't play as much of a role. It's not like you, it's, when I think of dark, I almost think of like black ales almost. Mm-hmm. And so, but this is good. I, I I like it. I think that it reminds me almost of like the old speckled hen that we did. Yeah, maybe just like a more intense English version of it. You know, well the old speckled hen was about as English as it got. Yeah, it really was. That was, was the so worst. Good. It was on nitro, dude. <laughs> Which one was this? Not the beer. The accent. I can't oh. do English accents. <laughs> Harry Potter. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's about the extent of my. Repertoire. Let's go in. We have like a, a lot to talk about and get to, and I'm super excited. So let's go ahead and start Witty Banter. Uh, this is Witty Banter. Okay. Did I, did I just nice did I steal yours right there? I feel like I what? stole yours and you had to come up with that on the spot. Well, Forrest, yours has been the same pretty much the last three episodes. Which is fine. That's like your calling card. Which no. is good. I think having yours is oh, good. Oh, that's Chase's. I, I usually do something weird like... like I mean, I don't have it's tough to define weird on this show. Yes, it's true. It really is. Chase's is always like, it's always crazy. I like the rapid ones. Yeah, that was like, I've never heard anything like that in my life. That's what I'm going for. That's what needs to happen. First things first, Forrest, you are our resident James Bond expert. I am. You're a big fan. You know the lore a hell of a lot more than I do. We all just watched the James Bond Spectre trailer um, just now, and so we, we want to open up a quick discussion about it. I'm going to let you lead it okay. as the James Bond man, um, so take it away, questions okay. you have or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, the first thing that I think is obvious to anyone watching the trailer who's seen the previous Craig films is it's directly tied into Skyfall in yeah. some way. Uh, the trailer opens with Money Penny handing Bond a box of stuff that was recovered from the destroyed Skyfall mansion, and there's like a picture of Bond, some adult guy that you're not really sure who it is, and then like another character that's about Bond's height, and his face, his or her face is burned off, and Money Penny's like implies that Bond knows something about this, and there's some kind of secret. So let's go ahead and stop there and start unpacking that. We'll put a pin in that one. Okay. Um, is this maybe his parents? There, there are two camps online. I've been doing some reading. People either think it's his parents, but more likely a custodial guardian after the death of his parents. And the reason for that is hmm. um, if you look at the, uh, the document he's holding, uh, the signature on it, it's some sort of like custodial guardianship form. And the signature is, uh, it's like of his aunt. I, I, I didn't know that wow, off the top of my head. broke that Yeah, down. it was like from, from one of the books. Um, anyway... Um, the implication is that the man in the in the uh, picture, his name is Hans Obenhauser. That's a dope name. It's a dope nice, name. Yeah. And in the books, he's a ski instructor in, I believe, Austria, and he's a sort of father figure to Bond after Bond's parents died. Now, Christoph Waltz's character is cast as a Franz Obenhauser. Ooh. Now... If you've seen some s- brothers, maybe. Yeah, so that's like leading it, me to believe. Is it Bond's evil brother or evil stepbrother? Maybe. Of course, there's oh, the that's like Austin. That's like Goldman. Yeah, stuff. this is crazy. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's not the case, just because it sounds a little tacky. Well, let me ask you this: we can even dial it back a little from there. James Bond has always been like his his uh, origin is super mysterious, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's adopted, and that's about it, right? He's, the most part. he's an orphan, and so yeah. uh, it sounds like they're they're exploring the fact that he may have been adopted, or you know, at least under the guardianship of. Someone Do you else. want them to explore his past? Because it, it feels like, especially with Skyfall, it's been the first movies to really dig deep yeah. into Bond as a person. It ha- it has been, yeah, and 
while I wasn't a big fan of what happened in Skyfall, I felt like it was just they kind of skimmed the surface and mm-hmm. didn't really do anything with it. Depending on what they do in this next film, it could be hit or miss. So I'll I'll allow but it. But do you <laughs> but do you want it? Because you know there's some people who say like I don't care. Well, I, just, I thought I thought in Casino Royale they totally kind of like got under Bond's skin. Yeah, that's his origin story, right? As they, like they got under him in like in that time frame and like kind of what made him tick. But they didn't. You still didn't know where he came from. All you knew like. They they admit in Skyfall that he's an orphan and you know they go to his house and stuff yeah. and then you know Kincaid that guy but, talks but about. I guess him. my point is like they've been showing Bond as a more vulnerable person I think since the Craig era. Definitely. Like I think they I think they have they've been exposing a light on him that wasn't really exposed. Humanizing in, him. Yeah. Right, yeah, they're humanizing him and that, I think that that's great. That is great. But but, the, but to an extent you have to have that mystery about Bond so that he stays Bond because was, if you know everything he's thinking you're like okay was. Well, Probably not Bond anymore. Yeah, kind of know what he's gonna do. That's been sort of where I, my head's at recently. Um, I've been reading a lot of like character-driven stories, and for the first time in my life, I finally understand why people like them. Like watching a single character over the course become who they are, right. and it makes me sort of thirst for like I would love a character-driven uh, Bond tale where I can like literally see all the moments in his life that got him the way he is. But to your point, like, do we really want that? Yeah. yeah. Do you want, you know, the mystery is a big part of Bond. And I think, yeah, like, to kind of uh, make a tangent to it, like, Batman. I feel like Batman kind of has, like, I guess his origins are known, but, like, as far as how his training and stuff went, like, I never really knew that he was, like, a ninja with the dark shadows and all this stuff, but that was really relevant in these later retakes. And I feel like that was kind of like a, a light that's been exposed. And I think Batman Begins was like a really good beginning of Batman movie. It was. You know? And I think that Bond totally has the ability to be, be able to kind of do the same thing. So I, I guess to answer your question, I don't feel particularly strongly either way. You'll about, just see. I'll, I'll just see. What I'm more excited about, this is my second main point about the trailer. Throw it on us. My biggest issue with Skyfall was the way that it abandoned Quantum, the threat yeah. that's been hanging over your head the previous two films. They mm-hmm. just pretended it didn't exist. You never got closure on it. Mm. In this trailer, you see Bond confronting Mr. White, yeah. the sort of that old, crazy that old guy, guy who's you know like we have people everywhere. Like, now for the the layman's, where do we first see him, and why is he like an important character? Okay, in um in Casino Royale, he is representing the unnamed organization that is backing Lashif, the banker who's the main villain of the film. Now, at the time, they don't they don't call the quantum in that movie. They mm-hmm. introduce that in the next film. But um, Eon, the company that produces the Bond films, they've had a long running lawsuit with another producer over the rights to Spectre and Blofeld, and it all stems from uh, it all stems from a dispute over the rights to Thunderball, the film that was co written or the the story that was co written by Fleming and another guy. Can't remember his name. Dude number two. Dude number two. Kevin something. Doesn't matter. Kevin dude anyway, number two. Yeah. So <laughs> um, they wrote out uh, Blofeld and Spectre, who are Bond's arch nemesis. Um, they wrote them out during the the later, middle to later Bond eras because they didn't have the rights to him. They even dropped the character Blofeld down a smokestack in a really embarrassing death in one of the Roger Moore films during the opening sequence as a joke, as like a screw you to this Kevin, whatever this guy's name is. <laughs> I had saying, no idea. That's we don't, funny. Like they don't, they don't call him Blofeld. But you see him petting the cat. It's Blofeld, and it's like they're snubbing him. They're saying we don't need that character. We'll move on. If you want to like t- like have this legal battle, fine. You can have it. They recently got the rights back, and so 
what Quantum was in the first two films was it was just uh, a synonym for Spectre. They couldn't use Spectre, so they didn't. They just called it something else. Because of legal reasons. Because of legal reasons. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it worked. It was a fr- I thought it worked. It so, like, fr- in the books, it's not Quantum. No, in the books, it's actually something called Smirsh, which is Spectre. Don't worry about it. Smirsh. Smirsh. Spe- that sounds like a dopey definition. Yeah, for it. it does. Who the hell, like... <laughs> it sounds like Smurf Smash. Okay, uh, John, pick, pick a consonant. Uh, S. <laughs> All right, pick a another concert. M. <laughs> Smurfs. Anyway, though, but like most fans know it as Spectre. That's Blofeld. That's Doctor Evil rubbing the cat. Anyway, and that's going to be Christoph Waltz, right? Well, that's it. That depends. He's credited uh, under another name, but if you've seen uh, Dark Knight Rises or Star Trek Into Darkness, you're no stranger to people saying, "No, I'm not playing Khan. I'm mm-hmm. not playing what's his name's daughter, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. I'm this other person." So in the past couple years, that's been a trend in Hollywood. And I mean, what you gonna cast? You gonna have Blofeld in a movie and not make it be not- Christoph Waltz? Like, come on. So, so yeah, my my question to you is basically, how excited are you that they're returning to the quantum storyline? You know, maybe they try to explain the villain from the last movie. I forgot his name already. Mr. White or oh oh Silva. Silva. Maybe he worked for quantum or whatever and he's maybe tied into all of it all are you i mean are you excited to I'm, go back i'm very excited and i'm interesting to i'm very interested to see if for this film specter if the name is just a homage to the idea of mm-hmm. that shadow organization and he's still fighting quantum because in his universe the shadow in craig's universe the mysterious organization is quantum yeah or if quantum is somehow an under like a subsidiary organization to specter and whether or not I want that, I don't know. We'll Questions see. to be answered. Yeah. See, I, think, I think it's so funny that y'all like know so much about James Bond because I always just thought of James Bond as the thing you go to see explosions. Well, it was. Cool it was during like the <laughs> even, Like I don't know anything of what you're talking but about. But even right if you didn't, they're always like really cool either action movies or then with the Daniel Craig, they're like spot espionage thrillers. Do y'all know? think that they're like really well written as far as the structure of the storyline and how they kind of build on stuff? Because I didn't really know that it was such a, accumulated effect thing. Like, I kind of just thought it was like a film-to-film it's, thing. Uh, uh, Craig's the only one that's done that, really. That's what's like kind of Do you like that? Him. Yeah. And in fact, funny funny you mentioned Silva potentially being involved in Quantum. There is a very You're damn right. Interesting... <laughs> Ask those questions. <laughs> if you look at the Connery films, um, there are five or six of them. The third film, Goldfinger, the most popular Bond film... Uh, Never seen it. Yeah, it, it's okay. It's it's good, but whatever. That's the only Connery film that doesn't involve Spectre and Blofeld. Goldfinger's his own thing. He's like his own dude. And then they return back to the Spectre arc immediately after that movie and stay with it. Hmm. Skyfall's the third film in the Craig series. Does not involve Quantum, and Silva's just kind of his own thing. Little symmetry there. It's, yeah, it's symmetrical, and I think that's interesting. And it's also funny because, despite what I think Skyfall is the most popular of the Craig films. Yeah. But I mean, Casino Royale was man. Come on. I think Skyfall sold way more box office and people just think it's there was something about, I don't even remember that much about Skyfall. Doesn't surprise me, but anyway, (laughs) well, I think it's just because I've watched Casino Royale like five times on HBO, whatever (laughs) in the past, like two, like three months. Yeah. I'm actually about to go watch all three of them again, just to get excited and get ready. I might watch Oceans. Why not? That it's that a great way, with, great way to celebrate. Just <laughs> be with nature. Well, let's move on to another topic real quick. Uh, so this one comes from Bloomberg. This is interesting. Mm, okay. We talk about cars and driverless cars and future tech all the time on this podcast. I feel like it's become it's a theme. Okay, it's integral to the show. I guess I'll go with you. Yeah. Um, so this is a story from Bloomberg. I probably already mentioned that about. <laughs> 
so this comes out of the University of Michigan, where they are creating something called an M-City, which is going to be a 23-acre mini metropolis where automakers can test autonomous cars to prepare for the driverless future. That's awesome. Uh, they're seeking to replicate a modern city's chaos like traffic jams, unpredictable unpredictable pedestrians. Wow. It's a nuke town. It's a nuke town. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It's totally a nuke town. Um, so it's going to have like angled intersections, traffic circles, bridges, tunnels, um, obstructed views, frontage, ro- uh, frontage roads and all that. So two questions with this story. One is, do you think this is pretty cool or not? <laughs> yes. It reminds me of SpongeBob's driving lessons. Yeah, right? <laughs> they yeah, are little cardboard people. I think that's totally cool. It's like, yeah, control subjects kind of experiment. Now, my second thing here is the article just goes over this like it's nothing, but they say uh, test autonomous cars to prepare for the driverless future expected within a decade. Yeah. My question is do you think that. Yeah. Within a decade, autonomous driving will have proliferated to the point where it's all autonomous driving. No. No. No, I mean, there, cars are too important for people as an economy for, for there to be such a thorough change, especially with people that like don't have as much money to be able to just buy new okay. cars. You know? yeah, it's going to take point. a while for it to be like completely autonomous, but Plus, it will definitely be available in 10 years. Available, but yeah. some commercially. People, some people like driving. That was my question, though, because this immediately, you know, I got to thinking, okay, what they're predicting is a driverless future, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want that, not because I'm afraid of the safety or the trust, but because there is such like a romanticism with people in cars. It immediately made me think of like Formula One, you know, it was just like that ultimate thrill and that like that fantasy of driving. And people are like, there is a group of people out there in the world who are so attached to their cars and everything. And like that changing and going away, like saddens me. But, but like, imagine, I feel like the autonomous thing is going to be a lot more relevant where you're just trying to get from A to B. And, and like, if you have people in your car, imagine if you could autonomously like drive from Houston to Austin and then like put it in autopilot, turn around and hang out with your friends all the way Mm -hmm. there. It essentially would become like, public transport right yeah, yeah. And, and and i feel like whenever you're just like around the city you know like i'm just gonna go to the grocery store right here like you don't necessarily need to be like i'm going to plug into auto you can just like says groceries. More, more than likely they're like i know with um the um what is it elon, elon musk what are the, the teslas the, jesus <laughs> okay so yeah and the tesla is like they're practicing with that's you know ability to be able to do automated driving but they can also have you click into do driving that you just want to do as your own. So, like, I think that they'll be able to do both. There's a scene in Back to the Future Part 3, the one where they're out in the Wild West. Deep cut. Where, uh, Ooh, man. Where everybody, yeah, throwback, our, throwback Thursday, guys. All of our 80s listeners are like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you tall glass of cool water. I know exactly what scene he's talking about. Uh, there's a scene where Doc Brown is in the, they're in the Old West and he's in a saloon and he's sort of spilling the beans about the future to all these like cowboys and he's, a doofus. And he, he tells them, you know, he's telling them about automobiles and the, and one of the guys says, 
All right, so if everybody has one of these automobiles, doesn't anybody walk? And Doc Brown says, well, we do, but we do so for recreation. And they laugh at him and say, like, walking for fun? But you see people power walking and jogging all around yeah. town. So I wonder... Driving as a hobby now? Driving as a hobby. That's a weird... I mean, like, people do it already in, huh. in a racing sense, but what about driving in a casual... And now... I like the analogy. If all of it's all autonomous and there's, like, these public roadways, your hobby is like, okay, we'll come out to this racetrack and go effing crazy dude that'd be awesome yeah but mm. but then that that negates cars like you know like we like we own like normal cars that's what was blowing know. my mind i was like where does ferrari fit into all this you know like things like that just the the total gratuitous sports car well that would that would still be you know racing cars would still be a thing because it's like i hope so it's like, like riding it's like watching the horse races you know like you don't need to ride horses but it's cool <laughs> to watch people do it yeah so, but there's right. not an automated horse because I was there in, is it's a car in my dystopian future. <laughs> I was like, what if they don't have drivers in F one anymore? That's half the sport. No, no that wouldn't they happen. Still have a need for like people going yeah. fast and driving. It's stuff. economy cars. I just had a little reaction to this story and I got scared, guys. You need to take it easy, bro. Yeah, it's future like will me. be bright. It will not be bleak. I will never drive a Ferrari in my life. It just isn't something that I'm ever going to do. Don't say so, that. But I drive my normal person car all around town so if my car were to drive itself would i ever drive for recreation not in a ferrari because i would never do that anyway but in my in a normal type of car that's but a good I question i even enjoy driving in my little matchbox car out there right you, it's fun it's yeah. a blast yeah. yeah okay super deep cut real quick deepest of deep i want a prediction on when y'all think we'll be able to commercially go in the air through travel in in a commercial setting, do you think we will ever, as like, humans, be able to do that? Like, wait, sorry. Have vehicles where we're like airplanes? airplanes. Yeah, <laughs> flying flying from place to place. I mean, we wouldn't have like personal airplanes, but we would have like cars that could fly. Or, oh, you mean personal transport? Person, not personal, like, not personal like, transport like, via the sky. Not like United Airlines. Yeah. Have you heard about this like tunnel thing where they're supposed to be able to shoot people like fifteen hundred miles an hour or something? Oh, yeah. Sounds awesome. That sounds so dope, but dude. so claustrophobic. Right, <laughs> I would like. Yeah, sounds so scary. Um, I have no idea. I mean, I just feel like they're not developing. Like they're not even on. Do you think we'll ever be able that. to do that? Though? Why would you like, need to fly to like the grocery store if you could just do it really fast? Because like instead of hitting each other, like I feel like it would. If you could regulate it, that there would be much less possibility of y'all hitting each other, right, in the air. And yeah, that's how the flat, flight patterns work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I don't have a... I'll say 25. 25? 25 years. I'd say like like 100. I think it's going to take a I while. Don't have a, I don't fully like understand the question enough to like... When are we going to be able to say personally 26. travel via the air? I don't have a number, man. Come on, man. Come uh, on. Okay. It's going to be a while. Okay. That's fine. That's Next fair. story is an interesting one I think we'll all have an opinion on, which I'm excited about. This one comes from IGN.com and more... Specifically, this is from an interview from uh, Ed Boon, who was the creator of Mortal Kombat, and he's working on the new Mortal Kombat game. The original creator of Mortal Kombat? Yep. Damn. Okay. In fact, do you know where Noob Cybot came from? Boon backwards. And then Cybot is Tobias backwards, and Tobias is the guy who... Frosty! He's Frosty. that guy. That's awesome. The two creators. Okay, yeah. They have some really good cameos then. Okay, so I'm going to read this uh, straight from their article. It says, Mortal Kombat creator Ed Boon has revealed, contrary to popular belief, there are certain things the team considers too violent to put into the finished product. Speaking what? to GameSpot, Boon explained, while some people may be polarized by what actually makes it into the fighting titles, NetherRealm has actually managed to hone its instincts in terms of when a certain sequence may overstep the limits of good taste. He then has a quote here that says, 
quote, every game we have these brainstorming meetings and somebody will suggest something and it's more of a gut feeling that, you know, that's a little too far, he said. I think every single game, there are those discussions where everything's, everyone's trying to push the envelope, but there's always a line that you never want to cross, end quote. This is pertinent to our conversation uh, for us that Hunter and I were having about as the realism in games gets upped and upped and up, and then the violence is staying there, where would the line be with Mortal Kombat, right? Where it's hyper real, like, I mean, not hyper realistic, realistic enough, super violent. And it, I just thought it was interesting that he was addressing that. I thought the violence is getting worse. Don't I mean, Walking Dead, dude. Yeah. You know, like watching Noah get his face ripped apart is like. On like cable. Yeah, it's on like cable, cable at like eight o'clock. <laughs> at like eight o'clock. Your kids just could like turn like over channel 55 and it's like. <laughs> That's that scene like, was bad, dude. dude. Like, I've never. That's the worst scene in that entire show. But I, like, I feel like that's happening. Like, there, I can imagine the brainstorming sessions at a Mortal Kombat X meeting and being like, okay, so like, out. okay, so like, this guy is controlling this dude, right? He walks and a sword goes through the back of his skull. They rip him in half and then they like, no, cut no, him into no, little no. You forgot in his hand is already the colon that he ripped out. So <laughs> yeah, maybe he should just choke him with yeah. that. <laughs> don't people get eviscerated and then strangled with it in those games? And no. Dude, like, they pop some dude's ball sack <laughs> at one point. There's like a chick that like does the splits and hits you in the testicles and they explode. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, like, I, but I think that it sounds good, like they're making huge steps no, in gender yeah, equality. I, I don't great, know. I think it's a great thing to discuss. And I think that there is no like, if you couldn't tell by the way that the guy was addressing the matter, he was definitely like tiptoeing this little bullshit line. <laughs> he's like, you know, we're trying like not to do that, but we're <laughs> trying to push it as hard as we can. Do you think he's you disingenuous like, then? or No, no, no. It's just kind of, it's just the nature, I think, of being able to portray violence in sort of like this like entertainment method. There's a difference, I think, between gore and violence in, in the sense like, I have no problem watching like locusts get blown apart by Marcuses mm -hmm. and Bairds and Gears of War, like whatever. Sure. I remember playing The Godfather Part Two, and there was a thing you. These were interestingly good games. Actually. Those were great games. Yeah, those were good open okay. world games. There was a thing you could do, and like I'm not proud of this, but <laughs> I did okay, it every day. day. The, the yeah. game, the game had strippers in it, and they'd walk around topless and stuff, and like, all right, cool, whatever. There, there were executions that you could trigger oh, no. in that game, and oh, one of no. them involved getting someone down on their knees, putting a Tommy gun in their mouth, saying something like, fuck you, and then just like <laughs> exploding the back of their head with a Tommy gun. That's and brutal. You could do it to anyone, connect the dots, naked stripper, Tommy gun. That was Sitting kind of, ducks. that was like unacceptable. I remember like being a young kid and playing that and being like, whoa, like that crossed the line. Well, a conversation that gets brought up with Grand Theft Auto as well is how hookers in Grand Theft Auto typically be, typically are the targets of most of the ridiculous, yeah. ludicrous violence. And so it's like, not only do you have like hookers who are like the most degraded job out there in our, in, in according to our culture, and then you want people to go and just like, beat them with crowbars and steal their money and stuff. Virtually. It's, just, it's like insult to injury. <laughs> yeah. You know? But then again, in those games, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. You don't true. have to be a son of a bitch. Like. But somebody did but sit there. But that's why you play the game. They give you the option. To but beat up hookers? You have the you option. Have to beat up anyone. <laughs> yeah, and whenever course. you're like, you know, you don't pass judgment. Hookers get it too. That's know? why, that's why the most yeah, recent. I am <laughs> all about equality. I am the God of death. Yeah. Okay. That's why the recent game was so fun. You had three different types of characters you could play as. So you, one guy yeah. could be the guy who shotgunned hookers. Yeah. And like the other it. guys, you could be like, no, I'm kind of a straight, I, like I'm a criminal, but straight you know, lace criminal. I've, got, I've got lines I don't cross. Like, 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's also, if you're going to consider games as an art form, which I do, but I'm also at the stage right now where like, I don't really know how I define art, but I, my gut instinct is like, you have to consider that as art. And then, oh, so yeah. if, if that is art, then there are no, there shouldn't be limits. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be censored in any sort of way, but it is odd that that is the direction we always go in. Yeah, I and mean, how detailed <laughs> of the direction we go in. I'm yeah. not a big believer of of violent video games influencing society and like causing yeah, school no, shootings. No, like, I, I think psychopaths are drawn to that sort of thing, but just it does. It's not going to cause them. This to conversation's had been had a thousand times before games, like yeah. Catcher in the Rye. Same, same exact conversation. You know, did you not? I've read Catcher in the Rye. I'm, oh, sorry, it's, what was your... it's like a lot of criminals and serial killers uh, oh, oh, cite, have read, read that book and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, the guy who shot John Lennon had a copy of it with him. That's he, what it was. He yeah. signed it from Holden Caulfield to Holden Caulfield right after he like did it and like set it on the ground. What a badass. I know. Well. Holden Caulfield's a piece of shit, though. Like, <laughs> So if you're identifying with that guy, like, you're that a piece sucks. of shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so this next story is going to be, once again, led by the forest. Mm. Go ahead. What are we talking about? We're talking about title. Right? Talking about title. Okay. What is title? T-I-D-A-L. If you don't know, if you didn't see the shit storm that was Twitter the other day, title is a new music streaming service, much like, oh, much like Spotify. Oh, is Yeah, Jay-Z inspired. J- yeah. Jay-Z and like a handful, he basically Jay-Z... And he got all the best guys. I was going to say, no, but a hoe. <laughs> no wonder he had so many famous oh, yeah. people. He got Chris Martin, Jack White, Jack White, Jack White. Mouse, That's Daft Punk, da- Madonna, oh, man. Yeah. Was um, Kanye, Rihanna, <laughs> literally everyone. Is, okay, all, anyone who's anyone in the, in the pop music sense, mm-hmm. they all are co-owners of this new thing. All right, so like, why do we need a new streaming service? What's the difference between this and Spotify? They Competition's ha- good. They haven't been very clear. And the the commercial that shows them all sitting there, you know, deliberating, deliberating, like talking about putting the power back in the hands of the artists, you know, Daft Punk's in the meeting in their helmets, like, come on, man, like, and they wanted it to seem like this was a genuine meeting that they all got, they all, they had a summit, man. And Before like, you shit all over <laughs> the commercial, I thought it was a brilliant piece of advertising. Oh, it's, it's oh, genius. Great. No, it's genius. I was pretty much sold. I, the second I saw it, and like, the second you find the one guy in there that you like, you know? you're like, holy shit, it's what true. is no, this? They had know? Arcade Fire up there, like, dude, like, Kanye West doesn't know who Arcade Fire yeah, is, Chris dude. Martin like, was in there. Yeah, Chris Martin was in there. Like they got one of they got one of each. They got everybody. Yeah, they hit all the little spots. Maybe not any metal or goth stuff, you know. But like, yeah, but, yeah, but excuse they- me, <laughs> where is Jim Craig from Behemoth? <laughs> and I'm sick of Cannibal Corpse not being represented in the media. Anyway, they got Jason Aldean for country. So oh, that's his name. I didn't realize that this Probably. was a new yeah. streaming service. Yeah. Okay. So what's the, the difference? power to the artist? So that's where you're going. right. Okay. So power to the artist. What's the difference between Spotify and, and title title is artist owned. So what does that mean? Interesting. Okay. Here's the thing. They spewed a lot of BS rhetoric about cha- taking the power back to the artist at yeah. their, at their big like keynote presentation PR or whatever. Speak. Okay. Yeah. It was a whole lot of just like, Padding, yeah, vague. yeah. They, first of all, Opaque they let shit. Alicia Keys talk. They should have let Madonna or someone who's articulate no, speak. They all talked. Like, there's a bunch of different, bunch of different. Commercials. Oh, so what? Uh, I'm oh, talking really? about the the presentation, not oh, not the commercial. Okay, my bad. Alicia Keys talked the whole time. There was she, like a keynote that they actually did. It wasn't a keynote. They, it was like a public signing of their their contracts. Yeah, I thought Hove was like wow, one heading it and like leading it and Who? spearheading it. 
um, I mean, uh, I was saying Jehovah, Jehovah, uh, freaking Jay Z. Oh, Jay Z. Okay, yeah, yeah no, he owns it, but he let he let Alicia Keys talk. Okay. Anyway, here's the thing. Let her. Talk. Most people don't understand. Most people who have an issue with Spotify about how it doesn't give money back to the artists don't understand that Spotify doesn't have this great sum of money that they're just keeping from artists. Spotify pays the labels mm-hmm. for, who own the rights to art. Most artists don't own the rights to their music. Sure. They get paid by their record labels and the labels make money off of Spotify. The mm-hmm. issue is not like, oh, streaming is bad for the artist. It's labels are bad for the artist. That's so that's so true. why are they doing this though if they're still a part of their labels? Exactly. This it's a, it's a it's a scam. It's a trick. It's basically here's the difference. Get away from Spotify? You could pay the labels <laughs> through Spotify or you could pay Jay-Z through Tidal and all his top artists. So when they're they're <laughs> you have these billionaire artists acting like they're victims. <laughs> And and basically just trying to say, hey, pay us instead. But they're they're doing it under the guise of the little guy. It's like it's all it's like what the GOP does, like for small for small like small American you know people living. That's in an Iowa. interesting point. But I mean, there are a good amount of those artists who are independent or like own their own labels, which makes me think like, well, then aren't you getting your own money back well, anyway on that's, Spotify? Or? That's the thing is Jay Z owns one of the biggest labels out there. You know, so like, and you know, Dead Mouse has Mousetrap, which is a big EDM label. I'm pretty like, I don't know a lot about it. I don't know who's on it or anything. Was but Dead Mouse a part of the thing? Yeah, Dead Mouse was there. Of Title? Yeah, Dead wow. Mouse was there in his hat. Wow. And, and at Title. Okay. And I have so much respect for that guy. Yeah, I love Dead Mouse. I studied to that guy religiously. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for everyone up there. Uh, what is the one? Name? What's the color? <laughs> What's the color? It's blue. Uh, album title lack, goes for here. lack of a better name. For lack, for lack of a better, better name. name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I just kept saying name. That's the only one I knew. Oh, like there's a name in all of his <laughs> name, titles. Name. <laughs> anyway, um, you lost a lot of respect. Uh, why? Yeah, because it's it's deception. They're they're lying. They're they're up there. The, okay, first of all, really these, these guys are all super rich. They're up there playing the victim and trying to act like you know we need to. It, everyone needs to join in on this revolution. They're here to help the artists. Yeah. When in fact, it's only 16 major artists who own this thing, and they are the least. Like suffering, <laughs> yeah. out there. but do like, you think they're going to use it as a platform to get the very small, um, small guys who like having a label would crush them and things like that, or the labels could crush them because they're so, or small. maybe because they own their own labels, if they start employing smaller artists, then they could get. Like you know, it doesn't change the fact that the artists themselves, people, small bands, like I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but indie bands or you know, low, like Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, something. sure, Taking Back Sunday. All right, Taking Back Sunday is signed to Hopeless Records. Uh, yes, okay. I happen to just know that off yeah, the top okay, of my head. Cool. All right, it's because you got Great. wicked knowledge, dog. It's because we're telepathically <laughs> fire. We're, we're we're firing. For those who can't see, I'm wearing a Taking Back Sunday shirt. That's, That's true. I didn't even think about that. That's super oh, weird. Snap. For those who can see, I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> Anyway, take right, you got a band like Taking Back Sunday. They are going to be no better off on title than they were on Spotify because the money that they it, the money's not going to go to them. It's going to go to Jay Z. So the difference is only Hopeless Records or whoever their parent company. I, I don't know if they have one. Maybe not. They might. I think they're a small indie label. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify pays Hopeless Records for mm. TBS's music. So now Tidal pays Jay-Z. Tidal pays Jay-Z so for... the problem t- lies with the attachment of not being able... Essentially, that you're recording... The only thing that's allowing you to record is the fact that you're not able to own it. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. 
And so, like, you know, small bands need labels. Like, you yeah. can, I mean, you can be an indie band, but, like, who's going who's gonna to pay to have your record pressed? Right. Small indie labels? Okay, well, that's good. Small indie labels are a good thing. They help bands, and, you know, they're there for, for the music. And, yeah. you know, they're a business, obviously, but there's passion involved in it. Inex- right. Yeah, that's inescapable. Title um, just reeked of, like, you know, just money. Ungenuine. Must. Yeah, just... it, the, all, all the people they had up there were just spewing this false rhetoric, of, and it was just insulting, and, like, okay, Okay, so t- for research purposes, I was like, I'm going to see what this is all about. Good, dude. Oh, this guy's bringing thank you. the thunder. I, I like went it. to title.com, and I was like, all right, I'm going to set up an account, a free account. Oh, so it's already on. It's yeah, already it's, going. it's active. Um, I mean, there's still, I don't know how many titles they have right now. Huh? Get it? Title? title. <laughs> anyway, mistake number one on their part, there is no free version of the service. You can, it's a, you pay monthly, I believe, I think the low end is 10 bucks a month, and then there's a $20 a month. For Jesus the, so they're Christ. Double, they're offering a double offer. The, for what? Okay, and I'll, t- I'll tell you. Is it digital fidelity or something? Yeah, well, it's, it's high, okay, here's you the. You get the wave file, bro. No, Hi-fi. yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. The, the regular one is the same level as Spotify, or any digital release. Uh, you know, it's compressed down to MP3, 16. Yeah. yeah, 16-bit. The uh, the more expensive one that you can pay for has lossless uh, lossless audio fidelity. Like wave files. Or something. I don't know if it's wave flack or, or fl- yeah, it, it is flat. It's flat. Okay, it's there flat. You go. Okay, so and I you know, know my shit. On hey. their website, they they do a demonstration <laughs> and like they show you, um, they play you the MP3, then the FLAC, and then they show you the difference of what was left out of the MP3. And you, it's a lot of high end content, you know, like high fizzy stuff that just adds to the richness of the song. So that is the only cool part of this venture is that there is a high quality audio for the stream, autophiles out audio there. Fi- exactly. I would prefer to just buy vinyl, but sure. whatever. It's it's a cool idea. It's the business marketing end of it that I think is kind of icky. But I mean, it's a streaming service. Yeah. You can just buy a vinyl for your phone. No, that's true. <laughs> right. Okay. That that's fair. Right. Yeah, that's a but good point too. There was no free service, but there was a thirty month free trial. So it was a thirty day free trial, one month. So I was thirty months. Thirty months. <laughs> but is it really worth spending a hundred and twenty dollars extra a year for like? Set, like twenty five percent improvement of the fidelity of like the sound. Well, they're ju- if if they're going for those twenty dollar guys, they're going for the audio audiophile market where hopefully to them they're like these guys are gonna be our loyal uh, customers and most revenue comes from loyal customers the anyway. So they're guy, they're gonna yeah, try to get they're trying to get those guys and adopters. Here's the thing about those guys: it's a one, it's a small <laughs> they market. They hate bullshit like <laughs> yes, this. and two, they see through shit like that. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of them would prefer to have a physical medium, vinyl or tape. So yeah, it it's it, their market they're shooting for is one too small and two wise to their bullshit. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting analysis of that. I'm I think glad you brought this to my attention. For yeah, sure. I think you're kind of you're getting you're there. I mean, I I just I want to see it mature. Uh, I would like to see the UI. Honestly, it be- looks like Spotify. Like it's a rip off. No way. Because yeah, to be completely bad. honest, a big part of the reason why I don't like using Spotify is because the UI. I think it's very hard to like navigate and get around. It's very similar. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Yeah. You know, if they could have come out with like a Jay Z slick looking futuristic fucking app, then that's if it's pretty, I'll like it. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. if it's not pretty, then that's a mark against it. But. It'll be cool to see how it does, I guess. 20 bucks sounds it's a lot. obscene. Yeah. It kind of puts me off a little bit because you remember when we talked about this with Tom York and Spotify and, yeah. and he said it was the last part of a dying corpse yeah. of a, with the record label system stuff? <laughs> Literally, exactly and, what he and said. And that kind of made it out like that Spotify was sort of like this last gusto that we're going to try and like, you know, 
it was like a, it was a ruse, is what he was saying. Is that Spotify itself was a ruse as far as like how artists get distributed and paid and stuff. And this is just like an upgrade of that. This yeah, is it's, like two point of that. It, it it really is. And and instead of maybe labels, he'll comment. It's just Hopefully. sixteen. Like I would rather see a record label that I don't know and like put a face to get paid money than Nicki Minaj. She was up there too. Yeah. I don't want Nicki Minaj to benefit from the hard work of a bunch of indie bands. Like from giving it back to the artists. Exactly. Giving it back to sixteen. <laughs> booty, booty, booty. Like it's so ridiculous. It just reminds me of the South Park episode of Metallica. Anyway, the last thing I'll say on the subject, this was the salt in the wound oh boy. right here. Oh, man. Uh, they needed a credit card for the 30-day trial. And oh. I, I said no. I was like, no. But I had already entered my email. And so now they won't, they won't, they keep hitting me up. Titles like, yo, Do you haven't given Do dog. Yeah, I will. But uh, they I just like, hey, law, you haven't finished. <laughs> you haven't finished. You're, you're signing up, bro. Like, it's me. It's Dead Mouse. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> hey, man, it's your bro. It's your up, favorite artist. Forrest, man. this is Dead Mouse. See that you're, that'd be, who knows. Next news story. Next and last. We're By the do way, another one. Wow. Thank you, Forrest, for that news story. You're that welcome. was super interesting and informative. This was <laughs> great, yeah. Very nice. The last one. Trevor Noah has been selected as the new host for The Daily Show, making him the third show host to date following Jon Stewart. You don't know who John Stewart is? No, I don't know who Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Noah is. Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Noah, um, I've got a tiny bit of backstory here for you. He's actually done a few segments on The Daily Show, so you might be familiar with him. Okay. But they actually, they said in his in the interview process and all that, they kind of wanted somebody with not a lot of visibility. They didn't want a bigger, like, well-known name. Okay. And that's that's going to be the whole point of the story is to talk about, like, their strategy behind it. Um, so this guy grew up in Soweto, which is in South America, or I mean, South Africa. Uh, son of a, a black dude. It's super weird spelling. Son of a black dude. <laughs> Son of a black dude. Son of a black dude. <laughs> no, no, his mom was black. He's biracial is what Chase is trying to say. He's biracial. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Okay, then it's not the guy I thought. So basically, his upbringing, his mother and father were illegal during apartheid. So he's got like an interesting upbringing. Cool. And a lot of his humor is like kind of based on racial humor and stuff like that. Hmm. And so I thought this was kind of cool. And here, so let me let me think through this out loud with you guys. Like, Comedy Central really got put on the map with uh, South Park, right? Yeah, I would say it's pr- definitely huge. South Park is really what made them like a visible station, and then um, Colbert Report and John and The Daily Show is yes. like why people go to Comedy Central. Yeah, both those guys are leaving, and so now they pick this new guy. Um, who looks like, you know, he does comedy. He's also not afraid to take on, like, big issues because a lot of his stuff is, like, racially based and all that. And he doesn't have a lot of visibility. He, he has a lot of racially based stuff. I don't need The Daily Show to turn into, like, an anti-blaxploitation show. Like, it's not going to be that. The, I mean, he's going mean, to poke fun we already, at stuff. We already got, okay. I mean, like, what do you all think about the fact, if this guy, is he black and white? Is that yeah, yeah, he's yeah. biracial, yeah. So we have Larry Wilmore that replaced... Colbert, yeah. and we have like a biracial guy that replaced. It's like this push. I don't know. You've seen it in SNL lately too. They got in trouble for not having any black female um, member cast members. But and why now, is it just two. black people for that? Like, why isn't it all sorts of people? Like, there's not ever like a pushback that there's not enough Asians there's on not, the show. There's no something. transgender Indian on SNL. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pissed about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. frankly, and I'm not gonna stop until like if you want to be on SNL, just be funny. Like, you don't like the quickest way to kill racism is to stop trying to like. Quotas. Stop talking Quotas, about yeah. it. Yeah. Stop letting yeah. it be a thing. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't really think this was a racial issue. 
Um, I kind of, I mean, I definitely kind of brought that to the table, but I mean, I, I think it's relevant. Like, it's they, definitely like a, well, you're saying his backstory, his well, like where he comes from. Yeah, is but that. but before we even get there, Comedy Central apparently got a, like pressed a little bit as like, why didn't you choose a woman? You know, really. And so I mean, that doesn't surprise me. And so once again, that it like I guess there are people out there who are probably thinking like this is your chance to really you it's know like lobbying efforts almost right. Um, anyway, <laughs> he's not a very visibly known guy. Okay. Um, Comedy Central is losing two of their biggest draw. Have lost two of their biggest draws. Yep. So I see this as like kind of a big risk because if yeah. this guy doesn't work out, I Comedy Central could like fade into obscurity at any moment. I think mm-hmm. I don't really think it's you know South Park and then all those other guys is why people came in my opinion. So going forward, you guys excited? I mean, yeah. what do you with thoughts? I don't what, know what enough were those about uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know about him. But I mean, I guess exactly. I, I mean, what do you think about not knowing about him, though, uh, as, as a strategy? I didn't know Can, anything about Larry Wilmore. I mean, I, it's hard for me to like not think about The Daily Show without kind of drawing a similar comparison with the Colbert Report because, like, I started consuming those at the same time, even though yeah. they were very different in their starting dates. So, like, I like Larry Wilmore, and I didn't really know anything about him. So I'm totally, I'm totally open minded as well as long as the same basic premise of like bringing the news, but like. Being critical and being funny at the same time. Yeah. You know, that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't care who gives it as long as they're charismatic and funny about it. Yep. Yeah. It's always weird when, when the host of a show leaves. Like on, on Weekend Update, Colin Jost is I, Seth Meyers' replacement. I think he's pretty funny. Michael Shea. Who's the black guy who Michael does? Shea. That guy is hysterical. You, you think he's really funny? I've seen maybe like three or four episodes, but he has had some zingers. Really? I, I find some of his stuff a little forced. Col- and, yeah. and, 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 and to be fair, Colin Jost is no Seth Meyers, but he is the head writer of SNL. He's not wow. bad, though. I kind of like yeah, him. He's, no, he's got I, some I, I like Colin Jost. Plus, there's Fire. like a growing phase always. You know, like when we first got on this podcast, we were experts. <laughs> well, that was a, an anomaly. Yeah, I feel but. like Weekend Update kind of gave Amy Poehler like a big push oh, for yeah. it as far as like her presence. Yeah, know? totally. Well, I, I'm I'm ready to watch The Daily Show again, but I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because, yeah, big reason why I watched was for Jon Stewart. Are, are you aware, speaking of this guy, Trevor Noah? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you aware of the controversy that surrounded him like the other day? No. My mom sent me an email about this. Apparently, he a couple years back, or I'm not sure how long ago, he had some like anti-Semitic joke tweets. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what Noah? they were. Yeah, Trevor Noah. Hmm. Um don't remember exactly what they were, but you can imagine just the general stereotypes of yeah. like you know Jewish people, and uh, people are saying like, "Oh, this is the kind of guy we want on the Especially Daily considering Show." Considering that, like, I comedian. think that John Stewart might be part. I think he might be Jewish. Stewart's like, Jewish. In, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a little ironic. It, yeah, you're right. He's a comedian. I'm sure he doesn't hate Jewish people. Yeah. And, and as long as. I don't mind that kind of stuff as long as you do it to everyone, you know? Well, exactly. that's, I mean, and, and with, and with yeah, me, yeah. it's like you have the right to be offended, but that doesn't give you a right to silence anybody, Yeah, you know? And I think getting offended is just so not worth it, you know? It's like, it's, it's almost just like not really saying anything. Like saying that offends me is kind of like, it doesn't really like say anything about it. It doesn't say it doesn't have any sort of like detail about what that is or what that means. It's just like I don't like that. But you know, you it's kind of like a thing a little kid would say. That's fine, but like you could also think if there was somebody whose like father died in 9/11 and this guy's making 9/11 jokes, 
it's going to be very offensive to him. And that's not like I'm trying to be a stick in the mud or whatever. Yeah. That's the kind of thing where they're probably going to just walk away from that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that joke shouldn't be allowed to be made. Right. And that's always been my like point of view on it. Shock value for the sake of shock value is just trashy. It's like like Sarah Silverman kind of stuff. The Jessel Nick offensive. That guy's the worst. Like (laughs) the worst. I hate that dude. (laughs) That's kind of how Amy Schumer is. Yeah. She, but hers is a lot of women comedy. Sarah Silverman's more of like poop jokes and stuff though. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's kind of like a laid back version of shock value, which is kind of, I guess, a little bit more refreshing. Schumer just plays the like the sad whore character. Yeah, you know, (laughs) like that's like what she does. (laughs) Like, yeah. Well, that was an excellent block of banter. Yes, it was. It was long. Forty six minutes. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah. You got good vibes. You brought you brought the fire today. There's a thunder and the ice. I definitely did. I definitely did. <laughs> I like. I'll the, take that, and I'll walk. Wait, with he it. brought fire and ice and thunder. I brought and title thunder. and specter. He's a he's a three he's a, uh, a three tri, tri deck. Yeah, Jesus, tri color deck right there. Ah, <laughs> uh, there needs to be a just a quip about magic. Oh, we will. Leading. Bring Dylan. Let's do it. Dylan. Uh, halftime. We'll see you guys in a minute. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter. And shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. Bing bong bomp, it's time for more beer talk. I don't know why I sang that. <laughs> what a weird intro into out of halftime. Can we do that again? <laughs> Let's roll that back. Nope. <laughs> no, we're not going to do we that. We cannot actually. do that, man. I have asked the boss, they said never again. Genuine. Uh, how do we feel about the beer? Well, it's the uh, Hobgoblin from Witchwood Brewery. Dark English ale. Imported. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it I think is imported. I'm just going to kind of harken back to my original statement. I mean, I feel like Uh-oh. it's it's pretty descript. It's descript enough to say that it is a pub English ale. You know, like yeah. there is like yeah. a definite like subsect. Of it fits what that, that style. Yes, I think very well. Uh, it might be a little bit like have like a little bit of a lingering like bitterness kind of thing. I don't really taste like a caramel. I guess I'm not really getting that as much. Caramel. Or caramel. What I say caramel. 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 There's three. There's caramel. caramel. There's there's three. Yeah. But yeah. So that's mine's caramel. But uh, <laughs> Chase is like biting his lips like what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so but, yeah. cute. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's good. I think since it's opened up. Uh, I might like it a little bit more as, okay. it's, it's, as it's gotten a little uh, warmer. I think what I'll add is uh, it's very drinkable. Okay. I, I, I would imagine that this is probably like a 6% or something like that. Yeah. I don't think it's got a lot of alcohol in it. Uh, and I like that. It's a uh, sit around and drink beer, but it's the the taste and the flavor profile would make you think that it's like thick and heavy, but it's actually kind of lighter and easier to drink. Yeah, what would you say like the body, I guess? like I'm trying to like feel like how I would describe the mm. body of the beer. I don't know. Like the the, the viscosity? I don't know. I just feel like when you say the body, there's just like the main essence of the beer. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of, yeah. It's medium, you know? It's, yeah, it's, it's a medium sort of. It's easy to drink, but it ain't too thin. Semi-filtered. Uh, the flavor to me is sort of like a one-trick pony. It's just, to me, it's okay. it's caramel, but it's a good caramel. It's a good like, pony. It's, that's not going to, yeah, it's a Shetland <laughs> pony. 
That's if great. you will. Uh, the caramel's delicious. The malt base is awesome. It's got a big, thick, just flavor. Like when it hits your tongue, that fills your whole mouth, and just you can just <laughs> run away with any sort of innuendo you want with that because that's st- I'm sticking by it. Okay, Forrest, what do you what think? What do you think, Forrest? I think it's the right choice, Brew. I'd sip it on the reg at the pub with me lads. Here's so, the deal. Right, it's right for off of get those boobies out, get those boobies out and flying around, fingers and butts. around. Right. Dixon Bunch. I'll get it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> He's oh, already, you're already gonna, you're gonna a premature over wow, here. Wow, man. Yeah. We always wait for the end, Ding. but okay, we'll give you a 7. I thought that's where we were right now. No, we're not at the end of the show. You've been coming on this show five times now. <laughs> and you didn't know the wind is. We just talked about the segment we were gonna do. Come on. All right. Speaking of segments. Speaking of segments, let's, let's right. segue here. I believe it is top three time. It is top three. My number three is definitely Goku's hair. I think my number two's got to be Hyper Beam. My number one is without a doubt Woody Banter. Top three. What's the subject? Okay, so top three. I'm bringing the top three to the table. I uh, gave them a little bit of a precursor that I think it'll apply maybe more to <laughs> Forrest and Chase more so than I, but I can still play along. Top three video games. Haven't we done that? I don't think we have done that. I think that you talk so much about video games that it like you assumed you've done that. I think uh, Nick emailed us that question a long time ago, but that's okay because it's time to update. Time has passed, and it's been, I, we've been doing this for a year and a half. By the way, holy fuck! Yeah, Nick. Nick emailed for the first like ten or so episodes, but we've been doing this for like a year and a half now. So it's been a while. Love you, Nick. Love you, Nick. I hope you come back. Come back. All time. Wow. Um, I actually have mine. Okay, I'm gonna have to think about mine. I, I know my yeah. shit. Okay, I know my shit. Um. But let's do threes. We got to do our threes. Damn it. Okay. That actually brings me to a good deep cuts question. Anyway, we can. I'll, I'll start if you'd like. Start got, off. We've got time, man. So if you want, you yeah, can do whatever. But yeah, time. We can do what we want. Starting at number three Portal 2. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic writing, phenomenal gameplay, extremely great co op experience. Great choice. Exactly. A really you good choice. Pretty much choice. just said it all. That is a, a beautiful game. Like the the plot, the way it just flips around on you, so, and the way it ties into the first game, also yep. also a fantastic game. I just I said the second one just because it kind of it's more polished. That's fine. You know, also one of the few games to ever utilize achievements as a way of telling a joke. Yep. which I thought was brilliant. So, mm-hmm. spoiler alert for Portal Two if you haven't played it, Hunter. Um, yeah. What happens at the very end is you're in this room and like all this crazy shit's happening, and your gun shoots portals, which like you put one here on this wall and one over there. When you walk through that one, you come out of this one. Right. Yeah. You shoot a portal on the ground, and then you shoot a portal towards the moon, and that sucks everything out of the room into space. Hmm. And then, like at the in the achievements, like lunacy, and it, like it just wow. it just fits perfect. Yeah, you know? it, it, was, it times it well, and, and and that's the the expertise of like the writing and the execution of that game. Right. And Stephen Merchant's voice acting as Wheatley is just fantastic. So good. He's such a good anti-hero villain kind of lovable dumbass lovable dumbass monster fool okay he uh, the power goes to his head so quick i love that guy and the the thing i'll give portal 2 above all else is that game is 99 percent non-violent yes it's a it's a puzzle game it's a brilliant puzzle game i mean there's like turrets and stuff but like you're not killing anybody Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty harmless game sure Great choice. Thanks. Uh, Hunter, do you want me to do number three for next? Or? Yeah, go. Okay. Uh, my, number three is, my number three is Dark Souls. Easy. Which is fun, in my opinion, because it's sort of a recent game. Uh, the series started with Demon Souls. I didn't play Demon Souls. 
Dark Souls iterated on on that formula a lot more. I heard Demon Souls is actually, you know, like if you're a fan of Dark Souls, you'll still like it, but it is a little more obtuse and less refined. Dark Souls, and you've watched me play Bloodborne, you've kind of seen this in action, is fucking incredible. It it reward the feeling of reward it gives to a player, I think is unmatched in any other game. Where if you are sadistic enough to yourself to sit there and, and give it time, the end of the tunnel is so just feels so good. Like coupled with the just the animations, beautiful. All the weapon designs are crazy. It's a South Korean game, so it's like almost anime inspired. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially it's got the old medieval aesthetic but also with like an anime flair which is cool all of the dialogue is like super old english the story behind the creator and why he made it the way it is is amazing it if you want the story you can seek it out and the story is actually really cool amazing games okay great that's my, that's my number three. okay number three uh it's funny because i feel like y'all are gonna have like much better uh, explanations for why you like your games and mine are just gonna be like well, i had a lot of fun playing it that's uh, what games are about but man. yeah you know that's kind of that's what i got so um my honorable mention i'm gonna throw out because of my damn show uh, <laughs> i run this shit is uh, gladius that's my yeah. it's an honorable mention i love turn-based strategy and that was like the essence of peak for me doing turn-based strategy games well. gladius what is this a it's a Roman? lucas arts game which that was the the creator and it was also uh capcom right published by capcom published by capcom and it was like a like roman gladiator kind of like you get this crew of gladiators and you go from place to place and you do turn-based strategy and like different gladiators have different abilities and like being on different levels and behind the back of people does more damage and all this kind of stuff so Mm It was just really, really cool. Really, like, I remember me and my brother, that was, like, one of the first games we really, really got into PlayStation 2 with. And uh, we just played until, like, 7 o'clock in the morning one night on, like, a Saturday. And we woke up and we were like, wow, I can't believe that that was that awesome. What day <laughs> We just it? loved it so much. But, uh, so, yeah, Gladius was a notable mention. My number three is, um, gosh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Armageddon. And it's because I think it's the best wow. character creation I've ever seen in a game. Wow. You can customize the moves and what they do and the weapon stuff that you have so well. And even just like how they look. You can make really, really different characters and they all actually look pretty decent. Yeah, and, you also had the creative fatality in there. Yeah, and dude, the story awesome. with... the story with uh, Was it Tygen or... Uh, what is the guy's name? Dude, I can't you could say, wasn't it like Quintar the Fifth? And I probably would believe you. <laughs> yeah, there's this guy who has like a dragon fist or something, and he has like a story in it. And I actually like had a good time playing that story mode. I mean, cool. it was kind of like rudimentary, but yeah. it wasn't bad. Dragon you know? fist. You, you just end up going. Well, that's like one of his attacks. Goku's using the dragon fist. <laughs> Goku, meow! <laughs> Don't do it! Gakarot's on the dragon fist attack! <laughs> That's an interesting choice. I did not expect that. And and plus, it, it's nostalgia. I yeah. mean, staying up all night, playing with Max and Riley and Jeremy Hicklum and you and just it, and Cole Blair, I yeah. think, right? I mean, it was just really great. So Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Awesome. All right. Round two. Number two, my man. Second favorite game of all time. I'm going to have to go with Final Fantasy Tactics. Dude. I know exactly what we have been talking we about. Have Final been talking Fantasy about Tactics. that turn-based strategy. Yeah, I love that game. And you're talking about the original, right? The the PlayStation one. Not I had it on Game Boy. Okay, well wait. It's a port, though. Hold up. Uh, are you talking about the Lion War with Ramza and Delita and those guys? I mean, I don't know the story. 
I had Final Fantasy Tactics. There's two versions of that game. There's an advanced... Was it Tactics Advanced? No. Okay, good. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> was the game divided into four sort of arcs? Maybe. It's been a long time. Did your dude have blonde hair? I don't know. All right. There's a, there's a <laughs> shitty version of this game, too, that's like not the same game. So uh, you said you played it on a handheld. It's it, possible. It, it might be possible, but all I remember is that the Tactics gameplay was fucking incredible. Okay, I, we're probably like little squares. And yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. It's likely that we're playing the same game, but there is a shitty like knockoff out there. But okay. Anyway, why is it my second favorite game of all time? Uh, the story is, is incredible. It's so complex and detailed. The class system, there were like 30 classes you could choose from, each there with their own so design, many. each with male and female choices. Nice. The equipment stuff, it, it felt compelling. It was compelling. a deep game. Yeah, it was a deep, simple, like the guys look like little Legos, when you like little Lego men, like when you watch it, but the concept art for the game was beautiful, like mm-hmm. the, the behind-the-scenes storyboards and stuff, fantastic. The uh, sort of hero's journey you go on, it, it had a great arc where you started out fighting sort of this, this bandit uprising in the world and quickly evolved into this sort of spiritual battle against the version of the church in that game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where you were fighting demons and these, these knights that were possessed by them called the Shrine Knights or Templar Knights. Shrine Knights. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and like the vi- some of the villains in that game, even though they're just little pixel dudes, like they were just fantastic. Best Final Fantasy game I've ever played. And I, I played seven and I watched someone play 10 and eight. It's it's a, a reoccurring topic with most of the gaming people that I watch in, in terms of news, and I was telling him this as well, that it's like literally a travesty that tactics games aren't made anymore. Yeah. There's like no turn-based strategy out there. Not anymore, really, no. Which sucks. Yeah. It, it, got, it got bypassed by, you know, games like... I think it's going to come back. It's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to remember how great those games were. Interesting thing about tactics story, though, it's very similar to Game of Thrones, uh, Song of Ice and Fire. The uh, I heard that's where he was inspired by it. I, I've often <laughs> wondered if there's some connection between if one. I mean, those books are pretty old. Tacti- Final Fantasy Tactics. I want to say that's like 1998, nine. There's seven, a. I mean, there's a. There's several JRPG games that have Game of Thrones feel to them, which is kind of an interesting like point. I mean, this this game's about a battle for the throne. I mean, it quickly gets overtaken by a larger arc, much like um, A Song of Ice and Fire, where there's this sort of over, this battle of good and evil that's happening over a, a political struggle. Exactly the same thing in, in um, Tactics. Yeah. I love that game. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two. That's a good number two, man. Once again, I was not expecting that, and I'm pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that someone's repping like that. I don't know. That's awesome. Okay. My number two is super boring. It's Halo 3. Really? Someone I had you were to say go it, like, like Halo One or Halo Two. I'm glad you didn't say two. Well, why? Two's awesome. Eh. Anyway, so with, <laughs> with the reason I went with three, so one, you know, you've got the establishment of the franchise. I sat there and I played the same damn levels over and over again forever. Um, two was like the multiplayer renaissance that I just spent all my time doing. Three, though, the graphically, it's a big upgrade. It looks, it's super pretty and it still holds up. Like, even playing it on Master Chief Collection. It's just a better version of two. Like, I'm sorry you can't be XR anymore to the diehard fans. Like, it's and, a better that, version of two. And that's the thing is, I arguably probably had, even though I didn't put as much time into three's multiplayer, I loved three's multiplayer. It Me was too. the first time I got like an actual level 50. Um, the maps, of course, are f- incredible. I really liked the campaign. The campaign was a blast to play, and it was really fun and uh, 
it was easy to get players who hadn't played video games very much to play those games because it was like, there's vehicle levels and you go do this and there's objectives and waypoints and it's easy. You can do four player co-op. Uh, and master chief is awesome. He's an awesome character, mm. even though he's kind of silent and silent protagonist, he's still a badass. And, uh, halo three. Yeah. That's my number two. Cool. All right. So I've been really just deliberating between going back and forth between my one and two over here. And I don't, I don't want to jump the gun on one. You don't one, want to do a know? Lagrange on yeah. here? Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that was so bad. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, it was, it was just like me crunching under the pressure. <laughs> Lagrange. All right, so, um, yeah, my number two, I'm going to say Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi. That's two. such a good choice. That's a clutch Hunter choice. has brought two fighting games to his top three already. <laughs> wow, yeah, I guess That's I didn't even think awesome. about that. Max will be proud. He would be proud. Great. And it's funny because I'm not even like particularly good at fighting games, you know, like, but it's just because, you know, I'm still thirsty for an updated version of this game. For that because system. it totally should be, it should, there should be another version that has uh, done an analogy of that game because the fighting was amazing. Because it literally looked and felt like the show. Dragon Ball Z. It was Not, a three dimensional version of Dragon Ball Z. Because, yeah. you know, on the screen, it's one thing to make it look like it. Right. Because, frankly, all of the games do that, but the fighting will get super reductive. But mm-hmm. this one, like, was so intuitive that it just it melded and it just felt so good to pull all those moves off. Right. And I think it was, like, a game that rewarded people that were good at fighting games. You know? Like, yes. it wasn't one where there was just, like, clear... You know how you were talking about, like, with Yamcha and whatever, Raging Blast 2, where, like... Was it Raging Blast 2? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. he just, like you can't beat him because of some stupid thing. Like there wasn't really much of that. There was like there was a couple of blasts. There was or... kind of, well, there was like slow characters. There was a couple of blasts. Like, you know, when kid, uh, super saiyan two teen Gohan has like his kind of like mega blast. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Wasn't it was like, it the, like the big ones. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. kind of follow you. Like they home you a little bit. It's hard, really hard to get away from him. But like Ma- I would be playing max and he'd just be like, ching. Yeah. Just get away from it. Just just right circle, and you're just like, oh, shit, you know? Answer me this. About, I don't remember. <laughs> that I've played a lot of GBZ games. They kind of run together. In that one, uh, did you transform by, by like, activating it? as Like, did you just yes. select Vegeta, and you could go Super Saiyan? Yes. You could go in okay. and out of all of okay. the different levels of Super Saiyan that that character could go. The one thing that kills a DBZ game is where forms are a different character. Yeah, that That's no fun. Well, I mean, there are some, like... The thing that was good about this game was there was amazing amount of characters. It was as like well. 125. There were so or many characters, stupid. especially like yeah, if you take into the transformations and stuff as well. So they had like a robust like even into Dragon Ball, they had like Grandpa Gohan. Yes, and, and to me that's Here's another Roby. thing is when all these new uh, Dragon Ball Z games. I know you you probably don't care because you don't particularly like it, but when they leave out Dragon Ball characters, I think it's a huge missed opportunity, especially because like, how long can we play the same damn story over and over again? Like, give me a game, give me a Dragon Ball campaign. Yeah. I would would love, I would fucking love that. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, so like the, the ability to be able to go in and out of transformations was really awesome. Um, it basically came down to being able to do like the ching, like the in and out mm-hmm. stuff, which is like the essence of what DBZ is. Like when I think of people fighting at a super high rate, I'm thinking of them doing the little bring, 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 like going around, and that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. And even like the mega blasts and stuff were all pretty rowdy. I mean, my, my another favorite part of mine is every uh, heavy attack was a direction 
So there was, you, you had to do it low, left, mm-hmm. right, or high, and you had to block low, left, right, or high. Right. And that kept fights very dynamic. Yeah. And it, yeah, there was like this sort of guessing mechanism when it came to punching, attacking combos. Yeah. yeah. Where like if you powered up, you'd have to go to a direction or you wouldn't do a direction at all. And if you just did like a, a main block, it would get that. But if you did a direction, if you guessed that direction, it would do like a counter <laughs> parry. Yeah. Like, ooh, which is like, it yeah, felt that's good. what it is. It that's, felt you know? good. And Max got me so bad with that. <laughs> I remember Max would perfect me on a lot of instances and that was that was bad. That's an excellent but, number two. Yeah, really passionate. Very respectable two. top three right now. Thank, thank goodness, you know. Okay, well, uh, we're on our onesies, guys. This is get, this is hard. I've been I've actually I've been like trying to decide. Like we should take our time. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Uh, this is a big one. Okay, I'll, I, I've got it. I've got it. But I want to like give some credit to like uh, some honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. You to, can. to say that like Portal Two is like you know my third favorite game. You know, I clearly did not spend as much time playing that game as some of the other games. So, like, an honorable mention for me would be something like Nightfire or Dynasty Warriors, games that yeah. I just, like, dove into when yeah. I was a kid. But, you know, at the same time, they were what they were. They're not particularly great games. They were just awesome at the time. Exactly. And so, it re- to me, it really comes down to trying to decide between Rockstar and Bethesda. Which of those companies yeah. do I prefer? I mean, they're, they're different, but... You know, I think I can rule out Bioware. I love their games. I love Mass Effect and stuff, but uh, just something about them, they yeah. never quite got on the level. There's like a me. very weird like filter over those games that makes it, me not want to choose them as my favorites. <laughs> anyway, I kind of know what you mean. You know, Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, there's a, lot a of the, feel to a Bioware game. There you is. You know yeah. a Bioware game. You absolutely yeah. do. And they're great games, but okay, so really... You know, and then it comes down to like which of those two companies is the best game out of all of them. You know, mm-hmm. for it's it's kind of an argument between Skyrim and Fallout Three for me for for um, Bethesda, and then in Rockstar it's Red Dead Redemption. That's, and that's my honorable Grand mention. Theft Auto Five. Wow. Wow. Okay, throwing that in. There. Yeah. So I think it's good, of all va- time. Valid. Of all time. Yeah. I think it's valid. So I'm gonna go ahead and just I'm gonna say Skyrim over Fallout. Even okay. though I think Fallout's a fantastic game. A little game. turny right here. Yeah. Fallout's okay. beautiful. I, I'm I think I spent more time playing Skyrim. And then I'm gonna say GTA over Red Dead, even though that game is sick wow. as hell. So I'm just gonna have to tie for first place. It's gonna be Grand Theft Auto V and Skyrim. Wow. Okay. Both of those games. Character creation was incredible. If you played the online mm-hmm. version of GTA Five, yeah, uh, so you, fun. You just made your own dude. You were in the middle of the city. You could do pretty much anything. Beautiful, beautiful game. The level of detail in Grand Theft Auto V is truly a work. It's something to marvel at. It really is. There, for and here's just one example of millions. Right, there is a bus you can get on that is a guided tour of the city, and yep. you can get on it for like thirty or forty minutes, and they have voiceover. For every spot in the game, sarcastic ass jokes. Never once in the mission structure do they point you to go here. Anything that is yeah. for you to discover, hmm. and and that is one instance out of thousands. Yeah. I think all the radio stuff is funny. The radio is so it's good. Hilarious. The random people you encounter. Like I remember, I was playing as Trevor one time, and like I encountered some hitchhiker, and they were like. You could you could hear them talking in the background about how they'd like just done something really fu- like they'd murdered somebody and they're like they were kind of sweating what they were gonna do about it and so of course I took him out in the boonies and I like <laughs> I, I shot him in the leg and like it didn't kill him and they were like I lost them in the woods I was like shit where'd they fucking go and I chased them down and I eventually found them and the guy was crawling on his and he was like no man like please man leave me alone and yeah I was Trevor of course so so you know, I didn't leave him so alone. you know what happened <laughs> but yeah just, like literally the content in that game. 
imagine it, you could probably do it. There it's, was so I think, much. I stuff. think it's one of the most um uh, like most realized game locations of all time. Yeah, for thorough. sure. The, I, there's nothing so thorough. incredibly yeah. thorough. So thorough. There really were <laughs> the only thing disappointing about that game for me was that heists didn't get integrated into multiplayer. But they're awesome. In time for me to play it. I, I moved on. You don't on. have any more? Uh, no, I had 360. Oh, I haven't dude. downloaded it for Xbox if One. If you think the raids are fun in Destiny, I don't. The hi- okay, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Another Destiny. And that's comes from someone who raids Forest a lot. Oh, no. D- Destiny is not even close to top three. Anyway. Okay. So, my honorable mentions Red Dead. One of the wow. one of the best storylines in a game. Super, f- just the things you could do in the world was awesome, and like getting to the actual end. Like, yeah, that oh, game story. What I, that game had a better story than GTA Five. I'll give it that. Yeah, um, but my number one is easy. It's one that most people will tell you uh, is Ocarina of Time. Oh. That is why I play video games. I was in second grade when I had a Nintendo, and I don't even know how I came across it, but. I had Ocarina of Time, I had the, the guidebook, and as an eight-year-old, I just read through the guide and played, and I completed the entire game. I got every item. I 100%ed it. That game is the just prime example of open world game design mixed with dungeons and bosses and puzzles. It's one of the originals of that kind of game yeah um you've got just amazingly amazingly cool characters that are quirky and there's like so much life and lore in that shit and there's in the music you know such an integral part like right. music is such a big theme in that mm. mu- in that game and it's beautiful yeah you know the, the, there's a tour right now where you can go and listen to a full orchestra play zelda so, songs yeah. and yeah, that's where it started sure. you know it's yeah. I know this is a sin to say this, but I actually like Majora's Mask. It's better. totally acceptable. I could not be, for first of all, I could not beat that game. That game is so hard without the guide. <laughs> I did not have the guidebook. That game is so difficult. Ocarina of Time? Yeah, no, uh, no. Oh, Majora's, Majora's Mask. Mask. Okay. But I just I love the tone of it's so weird and dark. Like, the, it's so weird Into and the dark, world, man. Contrasted with the peaceful, lazy, like rainy days of Clock Town. Yeah. Like I remember it always rained on the second day and I thought that was the most charming thing. Like I remember just being relaxed and enjoying like just doing the little the little missions you and You should stuff. go back to it. I don't have a way to do it. Well, no, I have a Nintendo. I could if I wanted to. Back we to just it. recently got a Nintendo. I was I was glad that you brought a Nintendo one. You know, we I was surprised nobody brought like Super Smash or Mario Kart or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think Ocarina of Time is kind of like the the spark of Chase's game flame. It's, to this it's day, literally you know? why I am who I am. Yeah, <laughs> it, or it has a huge bearing. As I, yeah. I actually got to show Chase's video. Like I saw this video online, and I was just like, "This is Chase," and it was like them making this like Zelda shield. It was super dope. But yeah, for sure, that's a great one, number one. Yeah, the the culture behind that game. It's a really interesting universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So am I up? You're up, yeah. dude. So I'm the last one. This is great. We had no overlaps. Yay. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Okay, so my number one. uh, It'll probably be obvious for you. Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. It's my number Uh, one. My number one game, I know. You get a little grimace, maybe, but... I hate that game. I I know. It's because (laughs) you probably didn't uh, five-star all of them. No, I was terrible at that game. Exactly. That's why you hate it. Yeah, I was really, really bad, and I remember being angry at being made fun of it, being bad at that game, (laughs) and telling all the people who were way better at it, I can play a real guitar, fucker. <laughs> like whatever. That's queer. totally lame, Dad. Quar. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, so. 
I think, you know, I just have a super uh, soft spot for Guitar Hero in my heart. It was a huge part of growing up for me with, like, making friends of mine, like me and Chase and Cole. And The game came out when we were in high school, dude. Like, no, Guitar Hero 2 was 8th grade. 7th oh, really? grade, 8th grade. Okay. Yeah. And, and we... <laughs> we were the to, first ones in our fucking high school. And, and th- that was, like, a huge thing. I remember Chase likes to claim, like, Guitar Hero made us popular at parties and stuff sometimes. We I, would go and play Guitar Hero, and they were like, look at them fucking shred Guitar Hero. I remember Hero. you and Max were, like, into that game. And yeah. Oh, we were into it. We got, I mean, we, and it was cool because, like, it was one of those things where we were always really competitive. We were all staying relatively competitive with each other. It wasn't like anyone, like, Max was always kind of, like, the best, I guess, but, like, no one was just blowing each other out. There was always, like, a chance. Everyone every every time you started a song, you always thought, like, maybe I have a chance. That, you know, like, I should be able to play. What sure. was your song? Uh, Monsieur Lou. Mine's. What? Monsieur Lou. What's that? Uh, you mean like you mean like the song that we were the best at? Yeah, yeah. Who, who is I don't know what Dick that is. Dick Dale. Well, it's got no words. Like that's it's like the to... it's like ha ha ha. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's an, literally like a Hawaiian theme. It's an old surf song from yeah. like the seventies. What's yeah. your song? Um, my song is uh, the Beast in the Heart. Beast in the Heart. Yeah, that was the one that it was. It was tough to beat me at for that one, but. But yeah, I mean, the song choices in that were just between being too obscure and being known. You know, like there was enough. Yeah. There was enough songs where I was like, yeah, I could kind of like grasp what this is about. But there was so much like stuff that I hadn't really ever heard and was like really cool metal stuff. Like Freya was like Dude. introduced to that. Like I'd never heard of stuff like Hangar 18 or. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's got some crazy guitar riffs, dude. They had YYZ stuff like um, YYZ, uh, Psycho Billy Freak Out. You yeah. know, like uh, you want to know what my song was? What's your song? It wasn't Guitar Hero. It was Rock Band, but it's kind of the same thing. Okay. Oh, was no, it the, the uh, was it the Weezer one? Uh, no, it was it, it was so. de- it was Dead on Arrival by Fallout Boy, and I sang it because I couldn't play the fucking guitar. <laughs> Someone That's, had to sing, so it was me. Fallout Boy. There it was. <laughs> We're probably going to get charged for a copy right now. <laughs> yeah, like Google. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my favorite. They had Thunder Horse. They had Trogdor. I mean, the song selection was great. It was the perfect mix, be- mix between uh, Guitar Hero 1 and Guitar Hero 3 as far as the hammer-ons. Um, they were just plush, but it wasn't too gracious with the hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff. And, um, yeah, there was just so much nostalgia, so much of a part of who I am, you know? Um, yeah. So, and, and my friend's group, how we became, we bonded over that stuff. So, yeah, Guitar Hero 2, number one. Sweet. Uh, that's top three, dude. Hey, wait. Okay. We should each go in the circle and say the worst game we've ever played. That's fair. Let's do it. Right. Jesus. Are you going first? I will. Let's, let's take. Is it like the, okay, well, let's put guidelines. I mean, is it like first, for the worst game we've ever like given a good solid effort at and we just like didn't like how it was made or is it just like something you that have to we have just, played the whole game, something and we like, despise and hate. Something, or, it has to be a game you wanted to like and were excited for. Okay, and that's like, a good qualification. Yeah. And it just was terrible. Okay. Um, uh, I, I think I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Um, Assassin's Creed. That's a great answer. Yeah. Those Bloody awful game. I was, I was, I was expecting Beautiful that world. Like, it's the art's great. But which one? Is it just the all first one? Those games all suck. Because I remember, like, the first one kind of having a little bit of a draw. Because well, it, it, it was new. It, it looked like it was going to be really cool. But I, I remember being excited for, like, at least a year about that game. And I remember they were like, oh, it's open world. Like, uh, the customization's endless. You're God, like, like... 
first of all, none of the assassinations worked the way they were, they made it out to be. Like, if you could actually get in there and like accomplish the assassination without being detected, that like did not happen. It all devolved into just like you walking up to the dude while he's giving a speech, shanking him, sitting there for half an hour talking to him as he's dying, and then it fades. The white fades away, and they're like, "Dumbest, Assassin! dumbest storyline, worst storyline ever, ever, awful bloody." You want to know how you play that game, Hunter? Hmm. You just hold up on the fucking thumbstick, <laughs> and everything just does it for you. It's so boring. <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. Like, it's it's terrible true. game design. It's awful. <laughs> Climb the towers to reveal the map. Fuck that My game. worst game. This is a real. You guys don't even know what the name of this game is. This was an Xbox original Xbox game. Okay. Uh, I got the console like when it first came out because my dad got it, and this was like a launch title, I think, and it was called Night Rider. And you were like this wizard guy. And I couldn't, like, I played games as a kid. Like, I knew how to play games. I yeah. beat games often. I couldn't get out of the first stage. Sounds like you got a chip on your shoulder. Oh, I do. I was like, I can't. I was like, I don't, this game doesn't make sense to me. Like, I've been trying to kill these dudes. I don't know where to go. And I was just like, fuck this. No, this game's terrible. Never went back. Night Rider. So, <laughs> so I'm going to have to kind of cop out because, like, I think that this game has so much potential, and there's so many people that actually really like this game, but it was something that I was really excited about, and I got past like this one level, and then I was just straight up like, dead end. No way did I know how to get past. I, did, I don't know if it was like a glitch in my game or something, but like there was, was nowhere to go. Was it Fallout New there, Vegas? I literally like <laughs> scoured every corner of this effing game to try and move on. I had no idea what to do, and it was more. Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Wow, you're going to call Kingdom Hearts the worst game you ever played? Because of that reason. I, I mean... I don't really know how to really characterize this. Like, the only games that I ended up... Like, I would usually rent games and then buy them. So I never really, like... I don't know, like... I mean, uh, you know, like I didn't... It's totally fair to say that maybe a game-breaking bug ruined your experience of that, Maybe and you never played it. It's perfectly okay to call it the worst game ever. Just know how many people are going to disagree with you. No, I, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm saying, like, I totally agree. Like... I, I wanted really to like that game, and I think that it had so much potential for me to like it. I just didn't get past that one part. So that was like, I think more of it, more than it being like a game that I hate, it was like the biggest letdown for me. That's kind of what we were going for. Yeah. With this anyway, like okay. it, it's not. I don't like despise the game. I think it was great game if it's design. Game, if it's Having game the key you was hate. cool, and it's like anime kind of yeah. like it was really cool. But Disney characters. I couldn't get past that one part. Yeah, so I don't know what was, the fuck that game's about. If I'm being, it was, a big, it was like it. playing the dark liquid it. figures or something. I don't know. If if it, if the question was really games that. You you despise and hate for me is Diablo 2. I, I never played it, but I had to watch my friend play it Man. constantly. Fuck that game. <laughs> uh, well, guess what? We have no mail. <laughs> Surprise! Oh. Here's the... Uh, so that means, <laughs> that means it's beer time. I'm going to give this beer a 6.5. Wow, wow. you're just going to jump. Jump right, right in, dude. On top I jumped of that the base. gun earlier. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's an English ale, and it is what it is. If, if someone was like, dude, like... I am so, I want a beer. What should I have? I wouldn't recommend this one, but if they're like, dude, I want an English ale, I'd be like, you'd probably like this one. So I give it a 6.5 because I don't want to call it like a good beer quite yet because there's a shit ton of good beers out there that I think are a little bit better, a little mm. more interesting. But this one is solid and it's drinkable. What are the drawbacks? I feel like a 6.5 has to have a drawback, at least. 6.5 is like, what, okay, basically? Right. So it's, a, it's better than okay, I mean... Like, well, now, like, well, yeah, it's a little better than okay. Like, we say that six is a good beer. Or, no, seven's a good beer, eight's a great beer, nine's excellent, ten's perfect. That thinness that I was talking about and making it drinkable, and I was using that as, like, a positive earlier, I'm actually going to count as a drawback now. Okay. To me, 
that one trick flavor is like, it's good, but it's a, it's a big, deep flavor. And I think it needs a little more backbone to, okay. to go up against it. A little more body. A little more body. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, you did a seven. Yeah, I just said a seven earlier. 6.5. I'm going to have four astratalus here. I'm, uh, I'm going to be a 7.5. Sounds thorough. <laughs> it's quite thorough. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5 right now. Um, I was looking at it, tasting it, wondering whether I could give it an 8. It didn't pass the 8 test. Um, Sorry but, yeah, it, it, well, you know, not to its discredit, you know, but it just, it didn't make it this time. Uh, the Hobgoblin was a, you know, it was like, I guess I didn't really expect it to be how it was. I was expecting almost closer to like a black lager, I guess. Hmm. Um, but not that that, like now that I actually actually read it and it says a dark English ale on it, like I think it, it, it portrays that pretty well. You should um, play Kingdom Hearts while you drink that beer. Yeah. And just be disappointed. <laughs> so it's got like this, I don't know, like I think it's got a lot of back end flavor. Like on the note, like when it, whenever it first hits the palate, it's not just like a sprightly taste. It's kind of like a back end, like it's deep. Yeah, a deep aroundness. It's big. To it. It's a yeah. It's and um, and I like it, but I, I think that yeah, it could have a little bit more characterization in that. And um, but I think it's good. I yeah. like it. I like drinking and talking with it. So like it would be which one is that, a pub. It ale, would yeah, you know? it would be one that I would go. And now that I've seen. You know that I've had the hobgoblin. I'd be like, yeah, y'all should try it because it's like a dark English ale, and it's like you know, kind of a pub ale. So if you want to have a cool conversation, I think you make a good, a really good case for it. Actually, that's good. Uh, well, that's all. That's Witty Banter 49. We we ran long on purpose because it may be a week or two before we get to 50. We have some plans that we want to do as far as like a special episode. And on top of that, like academically, Hunter and I are just in the fucking thick of it. So give us give us your patience. We really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that's that. Plugathon. Forest. Yeah, uh, usually I'm out on Twitter. I'm usually at Forest Colada, but now um, I've started setting up social media stuff for my production company that I'm starting to form. For, Congratulations! Uh, thank yeah, you. Great. That's incredible, so cool. and I cannot wait to see where that takes you and to support it. You let us know how and when, and we will. That's yeah. very nice of you. It's uh, it's Owl Noise Productions. The uh, story behind that name is uh, apparently when I was a small child. Uh, like two years old, learning to talk, uh, there were these owls outside, and they were really loud, and they were bugging me, and I told my parents, too much owl noise, put away owls. And so I was asking my parents for recommendations on company names, and my dad suggested that because it was my first expression of awareness of sound, and it's a music company. So that's pretty I cool. thought it was going to be like a Way Owl City No, nothing, reference. To, nothing to do with <laughs> Owl City. But anyway, yeah, so it's, it's, I'm either at Forest Colada or at Owl Noise. Cool. Like cool. So the rest of the diarrhea that we're going to go through here is Witty Banters on iTunes. You can find us, search Witty Banter on iTunes. Hit subscribe every week. Our downloads will pop up in your queue for free. If you don't have iTunes, that's fine. Go to wittybantershow.com. You can download the episodes there. Keep up with all that we're doing on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. We're also on Twitter at Witty Banter Show. Uh, there's also a deluge of new videos on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, search Witty Banter episode 40 whatever, and you, you should find it. They're good ones. There's <laughs> some nice ones. And then uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Oh, let me plug something else here. Great. We're going to, we, okay, I guess, hmm, if we get this episode tonight, from 2 a.m. till 7 a.m., if you go to twitch.tv slash VGHL, I'm going to be playing Bloodborne for five straight hours. This is like coming up, right? This is tonight. <laughs> yes. 
I can't believe that you're, yeah, like, what is the plan? How are you planning on staying up that, like, through I'm so excited. I mean, I don't know. Are you going like, to get, like, a red, like, some Red Bulls? That's and probably some... a good idea. Okay. But uh, I'm probably going to take a nap, too, beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm, like, going to be by myself, too. Yeah. I'm, gonna, like, literally talking to myself. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I love that can, game. Can I, can I, like, call in? <laughs> if, if we get the Twitch. That was a super sick melee. <laughs> First of all, I don't know why you equipped the antidote. <laughs> First mistake. Second mistake. Anyway, on Twitch, there's a chat function. So you can chat with me. Okay. And that's what I'm hoping to set up. I'm trying to blow this up so that, like, maybe somebody out there will, like, be talking to me, you know? Well, you know, I just finished my test. I'm kind of in a celebratory mood. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just stay the night with you, man. You, maybe could, you could come to the studio. I, I might be cool. That'd be kind of crazy. I mean, I don't have ish. I mean, it's Friday tomorrow. I ain't got shit to do. <laughs> I ain't got do. no job. <laughs> I got shit to do. That's been Witty Banter, episode number 49. We love you, Banter Nation. We wish the best of luck to Forrest with Al Noise because it's going to be great. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Beep, 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 beep,